0: Welcome everyone to the GoWP Digital Agency Owners Podcast, where we chat with members of our WordPress community and go behind the scenes and find out more about their talents and their business philosophy and the paths they follow to business and life success. I'm Mariah Origic, GoWP's Director of Creative Services.
1: And I'm Joanne Torres. And before we start, I just want to say a couple of words about GoWP in case anyone is not fully familiar with us. At GoWP, we create happiness uh, for digital agencies and help them become more profitable, whether it's joining in our super valuable weekly happiness hour calls, or if you're looking to grow your team with a developer, a copywriter, a designer, a project manager, we got you covered. We also have services like case study services, blogging services, website maintenance, content edits, or page builds that you
0: can completely outsource to our team. Joanne, where can someone who's interested go to learn more about these awesome, helpful services?
1: I never thought you'd ask. So they can go to WP.com uh, or our social media channels. Go WP support on Twitter and Go WP everywhere else. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, anywhere online, essentially to get updates on what's going on. And now I think it's time we should welcome our new guest. Yeah, let's
0: welcome our guests. I'm super excited for who we have today. Today's guest has a story that differs from most of our typical guests. Christina Romero is the founder of WP Care Market, an agency that trains web professionals to offer care plans. WP Care Market provides a community as well as a directory for website owners to connect to support professionals. Prior to founding her agency, she began her professional journey on the small screen, playing on the daytime dramas, Passions, and As the World Turns. She's been an anime, and she's also a published author and filmmaker. Now, outside of the arts, Christina has been a developer, agency founder, and manages her various other endeavors under the umbrella Romero Media. One such endeavor is R3, the Recurring Revenue Retreat, which many of our listeners may know or have even attended. So, in a word, Christina... You're an entrepreneur.
2: <laughs> <Very> <laughs> multi-passionate. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. A true you Renaissance woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like the Renaissance fairs, so I'll go with Renaissance woman. Yeah. Let's jump right into it. So as I was saying, and I'm super excited to talk to you about this topic, mm-hmm. this lead topic, the arts, your path to agency owner is quite unique. Uh, you're the first twice Emmy award Mm. nominated actress to be interviewed by us. That's so awesome. It's almost, it's almost award season. So let's start (laughs) here, but you don't have to make any predictions or anything like that. (laughs) So you were a working actor while you started, I guess, in your teens. Tell what drew you to acting? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, my
2: sister started, I have to really think back. I think my sister started in it. So then I kind of followed her along to the, you know, going after finding a manager and an agent or whatever, like many of the kids of the eighties, you grow up with television, lots of television, (laughs) early nineties, Mickey Mouse club, you know, you're like, I can do that. So I just kind of followed along and enjoyed it. I don't think I ever truly felt that it was the acting I was drawn to. I was really drawn to the storytelling aspect of it. So in the same vein, I wanted to be a writer and a director and create, I wanted to create. So acting was the only kind of creation I could do at 12 years old. So, <laughs> you know, so I went and followed that path and then was fortunate enough at age 17 to actually get a full-time contract role. And that was on Aswell Turns in New York. And then I moved to New York city and lived there as a 17 year old. I look back now child. I mean, <laughs> at the time I thought I was so adult and and just so grown up, but I look back now and I go, oh my goodness, I was just a child. I was just a kid.
0: I bet. And before we started, Christina shared that she's a mom of four. So I'm sure in looking back, <laughs> oh my goodness, as you consider your own children as 17, still yeah. feel a baby, <laughs> a tiny baby. <laughs> and it makes so much sense that you say what drew you to acting was storytelling, looking at mm-hmm. your career and where you are now. That makes so much sense because to be an actor, as you know, one needs to really enjoy storytelling and the ability to tell many stories through many voices. But as a woman, as a professional, as a young adult, you still have to find your core and find Mm -hmm. your voice. So as your life and professional experiences grew and expanded, how did you find your own true voice mm. and uh, calling and who you wanted to be ultimately as a professional?
2: That's a, another great question. You have some really good questions. Uh, I don't think you were ever done discovering. So I view it as a, as a path, as a journey. So it's it's what am I today or this year? Or <laughs> because as you see, I've done a lot of things. So I guess it makes sense. I view it all that way, that it all grows and changes and you're you know not really one thing. But I, I was frustrated as an actor saying other people's words. That was, you know, that was tough, especially as you start growing up in 18, 19, 20, and you do start finding the things you want to say. And then they throw scripts at you that have you doing these things. It made me kind of want to leave the soap world and have a little bit more control about the stories I was telling. That was the catalyst for why I started to break out of acting. I went to USC, the university of Southern California to be a writer. So I could tell my own stories and, um, and, and I couldn't really, uh, I don't think I ever put my finger on it then about the kind of stories I wanted to tell. I wanted to help people that, and that, that's kind of, you know, I just wanted to help people. <laughs> and uh, so I, and you'll probably get into this in terms of the progression of the timeline here, but that's when I started creating websites on the side to just create, to have the ability to create. The other frustrating thing about the industry was, especially as a writer or an actor, you're always reliant on somebody else to fund your creating. So, you know, you could only pitch what you wanted to do. And I pitched all through that town, many different stories and with many different people. And I auditioned for many different things and never liked the idea that I had that was surrendered to whatever somebody else, you know, wanted to either make or pay for. So, so I had that bottled up inside and I wanted to create. So I started doing websites on the side and, 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 that's kind of how it leads to
0: what I started doing next. It's so interesting. Oh, sorry. Just throw this in. Christina may be the first guest we've had who's actually made me say, girl, girl, yes. Girl, yes. I'm like nodding along for others listening. I wanted to just share. Yeah, you're totally right. And I always attribute this to Ethan Hawke. I think it was Ethan who said, you know, acting is the only career where you have to ask for someone else's permission to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. now, and he said Mm -hmm. that I think a little earlier in his career before (laughs) the online content that we have now Mm -hmm. that, you know, creators, that's changing now. You Mm -hmm. really don't have to rely on someone to invest in your play or your, your video content, but yeah, it's uh, girl. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And
1: and you mentioned uh, that you started uh, creating these websites. So you became a web designer. That was actually my next question. So it's so interesting to see your transition from acting in soap operas to in film and then going into the web designer uh, career leap if you will mm-hmm. but now with the context now hearing you say the context that what you mm-hmm. wanted to do was help people and tell stories
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's it makes total sense if you see it like <laughs> on paper you're just like you went from film to web design? How does that, (laughs) but it's so interesting. So would you say that was helping people and helping them tell their stories as well? Would you say that was the bridge for that theoretical gap between acting and web design? Yes.
2: Yeah. That's how it makes sense in my brain of, of how that progression happened, but exactly. And at the time too, I was with a lot of people who were in some way, needing websites, with professors and people starting businesses, you had this in your notes and it's funny because you brought it up and I never, it's true. I never tell this connection of it, but my managers, her husband, one of my manager's husband, it was an animator and they needed a voiceover for one of their cartoons. So I went and I did the voiceover for the cartoon, but I was like, oh, cool. How are you doing that? <laughs> and I started to learn flash by watching him make the cartoons with flash and wow. so I started working with them doing animation with Flash. And so a lot of the websites I did were initially Flash websites before it was, was killed and it was wow. stabbed to death yes. in the web industry. So uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking there, about yeah, so I actually was creating stories with Flash animation. I started to see at that time, so this was 2006, 2007, there was this huge demand for websites and not a lot of people supplying them. So there was this opening in some way of saying, it was really easy to kind of step into this because people couldn't really find people to do their websites. So that's how you,
1: you slowly found your niche. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You didn't even, you didn't have, you probably, I don't know if that time we had the vocabulary for it, but you were doing it.
2: Yeah, a lot of my professors were my first clients. And so at USD for writing. <laughs> Just wow. doing their websites. And then I, um, you know, so I started doing it more and more and more. And, but my whole focus was still to be in the industry. And I called up Aswold Turns and I wanted to come back as a writer. And they said, well, we don't really have room for a writer, but we could totally have you come back as a director, as a television director. Wow. And so I was like, oh, that was amazing. So I got to go for an entire month. I, I shadowed the directors and I sat in the booth and I watched everything and I just absorbed it all. And I got to direct two episodes. And then, you know the executive producer kind of was like okay well i'll call you when we have an opening i'll call you when we have an opening so i just kept hanging on and then he called me and he was like i can't bring you back because the show is going to be canceled and i don't want you to come back and move back to new york and then not have a job so you know it was kind of him to give me that opportunity but it was just terrible timing and so while i did you know while i was there in new york for the month i just kept building websites kept building my client base with thinking that I was not even going to do this anymore. <laughs> and then, and then, along with a few other things that happened around that time period, I had just gotten married. I wanted to start a family. I said, you know what? This is working. The website stuff is working. Like I'm getting no's and doors closing on every single little thing in this industry. And my passion's kind of running out for it, but the web stuff, this is in demand and I'm happy doing it. So I just made the commitment. I called my managers and said, all right, I'm done. And they're like, no, no, wait, no, (laughs) like maybe something will come that you'll want to do. I said, no, I'm done. I said, I can sit here for a couple hours and make a website for $500 or can drive to the Valley and prepare for a couple hours for an audition. I will not get, I'm going to stay home and build the website for $500. With (laughs) with my new husband. (laughs) With my new
0: husband. Yeah. I, I love that realization. It's like, oh, I, you know, I never thought, I never thought I'd do this again. And here I am, you know, making a career out of it, making, um, Real money with it, like that's mm. that's awesome. I won't I won't steal your next question, Joanne. I,
1: yeah, I no, it's all cry. good. We're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> We're still uh, getting this podcast thing figured out. Yeah. So okay. So fast forward. You said this was around two thousand and seven. Mm -hmm. So fast forward uh, a quick 10 years, a quick 10 years, a couple of kids, you started WP Care Market in 2017 and have since you've shown your ability to instruct and coach other business owners. You challenge business owners to expand their focus beyond just landing big projects, but also to focus on the long-term value of their company. And you, you have even hosted and alongside other of our partners, a webinar with us and introduced viewers to two business models, the loss model and the core model. And can you give us, can you give today's audience an <laughs> overview <laughs> of these models? Just like a quick,
2: yeah, quick overview. Sure. I mean, it kind of goes back to those 10 years that you talked about, you know, going from not knowing what you're doing <laughs> and teaching yourself and learning through every single client the ups and downs of how to run a business, making websites, and then um, coming out the other end of that was something that you have a loyal list of clients, regular income, job security in what you're doing, help with staff and what you're doing. You know, so all that happened over the course of 10 years. And the, the biggest reason for that was because around 2013, I started implementing website care plans. And that gave me the stability that I needed in order to run the business successfully. So about the time I started realizing whatever I had done for those last 10 years, in my agency would help other people. If I turned around and started teaching it, I reflected back and realized there really was a nice model to it. So you have your care plans, you have the optimizations that you give those care plans. So SEO content you know, whatever it is, additional stuff you do on a regular basis, And then you redesign those client sites every few years. And then there's a period of evaluation where you're helping them and you realize they need more or they need less and where to tweak and all that. And that's the core model. So C for care plans, O for optimization, R for redesign, E for evaluation. And clients just kind of go through that little cycle. As long as they're on recurring revenue with you in a monthly plan, they just move through that little cycle with you and you start off with four people who will be that person for you. And then it grows to 10 and then it grows to 20. And then sooner or later you have this full-fledged web agency with, you know, 50 plus clients who have been with you for a few years and who you're serving and serving well. And that to me is the most successful way to run a web agency as a small web agency owner, as someone who kind of wants to do it with just themselves and maybe a handful of people and not really grow to some large marketing agency, but really just make a good solid income working from home and having as low stress of a job as you possibly can. So yeah, so that's kind of what I've found worked well. And I try to encourage others to think that micro, you know, to think that inward in their agency and not feel like they have to just keep outward reaching out for more projects, more projects, more projects, but to think about what they already have.
0: I I love that mindset. I think we need to hear more voices in this space, encouraging that it's not always taking on, like you said, literally taking on bigger and bigger projects. If you're getting away from what your desire is, like what, what your goals are, you know, working, Mm -hmm. especially for people who have families, you know, maybe the Mm -hmm. goal is not to, you know, exponentially scale your, your revenue, if that takes you away from your family more, or if that gets you away from your core mission. So I love that instruction. And for anyone who's listening, who wants to hear Christina's full deeper explanation of those two, two models can view that webinar YouTube channel. It was excellent. And thank you for offering that to us last year. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of out of the box conversation today. We talked about the (laughs) Emmys. We talked about about directing, but another topic that I wanted to explore today is spirituality. You know, since we just talked about how businesses can remain strong at their core, I think it's also important on the flip side to talk about how individuals who run the businesses stay strong at their core. And I bring this topic up with you, Christina, because, uh, you know, I in, in research on you, I found that you are open about uh, your faith, and you also demonstrated that you are a very stellar creative and educator. And you recently launched—I hope I pronounce it right—the Hagios Hagios yeah, study. Yeah, Hagios.
2: Good. Hagios yeah, study. it. Yeah, and
0: it, it was really exciting to read about it. And uh, so, could you talk to the to the listeners for a moment about what the Hagios study is and why you mm-hmm. created it?
2: Yeah. It's a COVID project, COVID lockdown project, which I didn't even really have time anyway, which I find fascinating, but, but it was something I I think that really helped me get through all of that as well. We actually, it's so funny enough in our industry of web, we have a lot of people who are very open about their faith or have any kind of faith. I think, you know, people probably don't It's tough to talk about publicly sometimes because you don't want to offend anybody. And I don't, you know, talk about it. This is probably the first time on a podcast I've actually talked about it, but it is important in my life, in my family and in my own personal life. It's always kind of guided me to keep what's important in focus and also keep priorities straight because you you can get caught up in just the world craziness. So keeping that inner peace and purpose in mind. But I've always balanced that with with work until I would say like the beginning of the COVID lockdown. I don't know what drew me to write like a Bible study. (laughs) Just so kind of out of the blue for me but I recently completed my certificate of theology and church history from Notre Dame. So I've always Amazing. been fascinated. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with, you know, history in general. And then I completed that. So there that came out of that in a, in a real desire to see history and like a Bible study come together. Also had a, a wonderful opportunity playing with the new buddy boss app platform, which came out at the perfect time. So I was able <laughs> to create a mobile app, along with the Bible study. And I hope that it goes as this kind of side passion project. I hope to do a lot of these, like one a year, just kind of spin off one a year. And the connection I made was, I think what I'm doing with that is again, striving to create community. So with WP camera, I created a community of web professionals to support one another with, you know, encouraging care plans, encouraging all of the mental health aspect of it, to bring all this together, that common conversation. And I think that's what happened with the Hagio study. I again, wanted to cultivate community out of maybe this COVID lockdown drought, you know, that especially in, in my faith tradition, I'm Catholic. There's not as many like small group studies or like, reasons for community and to come together outside of just a normal Sunday. So I wanted to create some materials for that. And, and so again, cultivating community, I think is the running theme between what I'm doing now in different aspects, whether the web world or like the spiritual world, just bringing people together, bringing people together to encourage one another, to help one another and to just build one another up. That's, I think that's my running theme.
0: Well, and like you said earlier, the teenage Christina wanted to help people. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're still adhering to that. And it's, you know, it, Whatever it's, an individual's faith is or mental health practices or overall health practices are, are extremely important. And I think that yeah. this pandemic is really shining mm-hmm. a light on how we all have to holistically care for ourselves. Yes. And even mental professionals on the scientific side will say there is a role for faith. So mm-hmm. I think it's great timing for uh, your study. There are a lot of new entrepreneurs who are just getting their foot in the game, who just are going you know, and they're burning their candles at both ends because they think that's what they need to do at this stage to get ahead. But it's also um, not saying it won't work for them, but it's also a way to ingrain some maybe not so healthy uh, Mm -hmm. aspects and habits. What healthy work-life balance tips might you give to them if you... We're on an elevator with a (laughs) young entrepreneur who's running themselves. In um, 60
2: seconds. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, the one thing I do want to encourage people is kind of, why did we even start doing this? So Mm. if you start your own business, you have to go back to the reasons why you wanted to do it. And for a lot of people, they're in a situation where they don't have a lot of choices. I've met a lot of students in a situation where they have to work from home. Now that's a different, almost everybody works from home now, but they they had to work from home or they have families with special needs, or they have circumstances in which they have to move around a lot. So there's a lot of situations where people need to do that, but most of the time people just wanted to have control over their day-to-day so they could have the freedom to do the things that they love. And so when you see people then start their business and start working like 14, 18 hour days and weekends. You're like, well, you completely lost all purpose of why you even started doing this. And you have to rewind back and go, I'm not being a good boss to myself. I'm not setting boundaries. I'm getting caught up in the things that don't matter. And, and it's also easy if you run your own business to fall into the guru conversation of making a million dollars. Like if you get into the web industry because you want to make a million dollars, you're in the wrong industry. That, that's not what we're doing here. So you should make a healthy income with web because there's enough demand for it, but like be realistic about the the type of salary you expect for the type of hours that you put in. So again, it's really kind of coming back to why you did this. And if you're finding it's completely stressing you out, then you have to make some significant changes in order to stay as an entrepreneur or a business owner. And that may include hiring people to help you make cutting out the clients that are crazy and absorbing your time and you know, putting in products and services that are recurring. So you're not stressed out about how much money is coming in every month and having better processes and maybe getting more education around getting those processes and, and having a, the right tools in place and investing in yourself for, for education. So those are the things we go back to. There's a story that still sits with me funny enough. And I'd posted about mental health the other day and I was going to share this on Facebook, but I think this is where I should probably share it. So I coached at another business program before I started my own and we had a Facebook group. So I remember one of the people who had showed up to every single coaching call and was very active, whatever, had posted. I don't know if this was on her personal page or in her group, because I just remember her post that she was in the hospital. She had basically a mental breakdown. And it was too much. And just seeing all the posts about making more money, seeing all the posts about having better processes, doing all this stuff with your client, all this work, 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 work you had to do to get your business where it needed to be and how much money she had to make and over six figures and this, that, what everybody else was signing proposals for and what she was signing. She had a mental breakdown and it stays with me because I, I hated the feeling that I would have ever contributed to that. Mm. That anything I would have said would have made her feel like she wasn't Good enough or doing enough for her business. And so, the advice I would give in the elevator is don't compare yourself to other people, but make sure that you're doing what it is that you set out to do so that you can be happy with yourself day to day about wherever you are. You know,
0: absolutely. That's great advice. (laughs) I'm
2: like, goosebumps.
1: (laughs) Yeah. People say fear is the mind killer, but I also think that. Comparison is Mm. is also the mind killer because once you start comparing yourself, you are already putting yourself underneath what you think. You're taking that, whoever you're, whatever you're comparing to, putting it on a pedestal and putting yourself underneath. So that already is just so hard to not to do and and that is such a powerful uh story christina thank you yeah thanks for sharing that here wow yeah so faith and spirituality practice bring people together yeah community i myself am really into spirituality as well it's where i found kind of like my tribe and my people here in houston But in a more professional work environment, retreats also bring people together. (laughs) I love that. It's
2: absolutely a bridge. Good job.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Two years ago, you launched R3, the Recurring Revenue Retreat, co-sponsored with Hatman Marketing. R3 is for people who have built their businesses around recurring revenue using digital products, online courses, and website care plans. So since R3 entered the professional conference field, what different experience or unique value propositions does it offer to businesses who might already attend these type of events multiple times a year? Mm -hmm. So what would you say is
2: the the number one key differentiator of R3? You know, I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, I've heard about R3 because, you know, it's such an intimate event. So we don't strive to have big numbers. It's an intimate event for people who really want to connect with others who are doing recurring revenue with digital products and recurring revenue services and things like that. And so it's, it's actually gotten a reputation because I think it succeeds in people feeling like they belong to a community. The one thing that has kind of arisen out of it is, you know, I say, we're the conference with no ego, we take the sponsors and the speakers and the attendees, and we kind of put them on the same level Mm -hmm. because we're all learning from one another. And I think that I never liked going to a lot of these big events in the web space and WordPress space that you just walk around alone and you don't know anybody and you struggle to connect. I, and then the talks would be, you know, they'd run the gamut, you know? So there was a desire to have an event that really felt like not only could you show up and almost be forced to just really immediately come into this pack of people who want to support you and learn from each other, but that it also was the kind of event where you could bring your family. That was a big, you know, motivating factor for Robert and I about why we wanted to put it together. We thought, you're writing off the business expense anyway. (laughs) So you're getting the hotel room at Disney World anyway. So you might as well bring your family. And also I think it gave an opportunity for Robert's spouse and mine, as well as everybody else who brings their spouse or their partner to see what it is that they do, to get to know the people that they're talking to online all the time. So we've created this kind of random, uh, unique conference that I just don't think there's anything else really like it. We're not concerned with numbers, thanks to our amazing sponsors. GoWP has been a sponsor for both of our events years so far, going into the third year this year. And because of our sponsors, you know, we're not looking, Robert and I don't look to make money off of it. We just want to cover our costs. So again, it keeps that spirit of, we're just learning from one another. We want community. We want to grow in the recurring revenue field with whatever we're offering and provide an experience for people to really just bring, you know, bring their personal life kind of into their business life in a way and give more perspective on it all.
0: You heard it here first, R3, saving digital marriages year (laughs) after year. (laughs) Exactly. exactly Digital marriage. That sounds weird. I don't know. But you know know what (laughs) I meant. Yes,
2: exactly. Yeah, it has the ability to do that. But, you know, like I think the first year, 2019, when my husband came out and met Mike Killen for anyone who knows Mike you know they became my best friend <laughs> they call each other best friends they don't know each other that well but they're both very similar and so whenever I'm on a call with Mike whatever Dan walks by he's like, hey, he's my best friend <laughs> so, yeah so yeah there's That's good so stuff sweet. that comes out of it
1: That's so sweet I love that because either way you're also spending what I don't know how many hours a, a week or you're you're already spending with these people and just bringing them into it's already a big part of your life and pretending it's not is so, so yeah, you've done a couple of these already. What area of planning or format in terms of like people hurting or whatever worries (laughs) you the most, but also, but always works out. It's because it's, it can be tricky. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think people, people,
2: yeah, I had run, plan and ran a, a couple of the events for WP Elevation before I which is agency Mavericks now. So I had planned a couple of events and I knew the things I didn't want to do. (laughs) So Robert does those things. (laughs) Robert does all the event venue stuff and the one that takes all the risk. He's amazing. And so he does all that. And I focus on really helping, you know, with the sponsors and speakers and all that great stuff. My worry every year is I just want people's expectations to be set correctly so that I'm not letting anybody down. Mm. That's my thing. You know, I want the sponsors to know that this isn't like a quantity thing. You're not getting like a thousand people, but you're getting like, you know, you're getting quality. You're getting people who are going to be your ambassadors, you know, and, and, and just shout for the rooftops about your product because they're going to get to hang out with you and get to know you in a different way, or the attendees to have the right expectations around the type of event it is and what they're going to get out of it and the support that they get. And, and every, you know, the past two years, I've been, you know, very happy with how people walked away from the events from sponsors to speakers, to attendees. Everybody is just really claimed for the most part that, you know, is one of the best events they've been to. So I'm like, all right. So I just want to keep setting those
0: expectations. Sometimes I want to under promise so I can over deliver. That, that sounds like a good, wonderful Place to be. And now, as you look towards the future, what are you looking forward to WP Care Market accomplishing this year or any of your other endeavors? Like, there's a lot going on. I know there's a
2: lot going on. Well, and I think that is the key. If anybody wants to talk about, you know, I've been reading, I've been posting about my mental health and things like that. You know, those are the things. If I can do my side projects, you know, do the things that I'm passionate about you know, my multi-passionate multi projects that I do, mean, that is kind of the point for me that I guess that contributes to my mental health. I'm able to create, I'm able to create, I'm able to release my creativity in all aspects. Maybe it's the web world, maybe it's travel, or maybe it's spirituality, right? So I'm, I'm creating in all these different areas that I, that I'm excited about and I'm not being held back into one because I get to be an entrepreneur and I get to make my own roles. <laughs> These are my roles and I'm sticking to them. So <laughs> so for WP Care Market, there's you know, you know, the world's the oyster kind of thing. I I wanna do more partnerships in this new year. To me, the secret sauce is just really. Right? Wanting to help people. and out of that, I've created amazing friendships with people in the industry, like with Brad and Emily here. I go to VP with with many others. And so I just want to just use those relationships to say, what can we do? What can we do together to really help people even more? There's only so much that I can do on my teeny tiny little soapbox, but I know that I can help other companies achieve great success with the message that they want to put out and what we want to help people with. So, that's what I'm thinking for the new year. Just want to focus more on, on partnerships and where I can come alongside people rather than trying to do things myself. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. I love to hear everything, communal partnerships, elevating each other has always like, gives me a little bit more hope <laughs> to see that people are just not Fully okay with doing things on their own, so that's always (laughs) exciting to hear. So our last question is pretty straightforward: How do
2: you create either for yourself or for your family and your
1: business? But let's keep it for yourself. We've talked enough about the business. How are you creating happiness for yourself?
2: (laughs) That's a great point. My kids, my kids are really a source a lot of my happiness. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Cause they're like, sometimes they're tiny terrors and little dictators of my life, <laughs> but no, I'm happy. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I'm every day, I cannot complain. I'm very happy and my, my family's healthy and we've got, you know, lovely little life and I just delight in the people around me. So, you know, my family, my kids, my friends, and I just, I delight in them and their successes are my successes. So my daughter got a role in the play at the school. I, I don't want her to be an actress.
1: <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. You're like, you're not moving but to New York city no, at 17 years old. Are, it's not happening. We are
2: hopefully stopping at school play, but you know, and my, in my son with the sports and, and all their creativities and, and all their successes in life. So that's it. I mean, delighting in the success of others. That is how I create happiness.
0: That, that sounds, sounds delightful. It really does. Sounds I, I felt happiness was created in that sharing. Thank you. And you know, I didn't know you at all before this conversation today, Christina. So I'm you know really thankful that you came on with us and joined us. And and thank you for this conversation. It's been really, really, really lovely. And thank you all for joining us. You can read more about Christina and her other projects that we discussed today at, at the ones at w, WP Care Market and her others at WPCareMarket.com or ChristinaRomero.com.
1: Yeah, Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. This was awesome.
2: Oh, thank you guys. You really ran the whole gamut of my life. and So so thank you. Thank you for hitting all those points. Hopefully we tied them all together in a way that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think so. It's always fascinating to learn about people's story. And I'm doing air quotes, but like, ended up being the successful entrepreneur or business owners that they are today. So it's always a, a delight to hear how everyone has just like so starkly different stories Mm -hmm. and it's what Mm -hmm. makes everyone unique
2: yeah Yeah. and there's a lot to learn from one another even from you guys there's a lot to learn so thank you for facilitating the conversation and even bringing up the hagio study I saw that in your notes and I
0: was like all right well sure
2: let's share that then
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we're not afraid to dig and bring up (laughs) anything yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're like a little, what are those tools called? The, the pick and the shovel. <laughs> She's picking and I'm shoveling things. Up. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for joining right. us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And to get this and other episodes of the GoWP Digital Agency Owners Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And just a quick reminder, at GoWB, we want to help you become more profitable, whether it's by listening to our podcast or joining our weekly happiness hours or viewing informative webinars hosted by our friends, such as Christina Romero, in the WordPress community, and, of course, by growing your team with our skilled developers, copywriters, designers, or project managers. Go to godalithi.com to read more about our services and to schedule a call.